This episode was recorded on March 14th, 2021. Our topic for today, plaid. So Johnny, the best news of this week is we now have an African fintech unicorn. Finally. Finally, my whiskey yeah. bet pays off. Oh, and, and all the good stuff that, that comes along with having a unicorn now. But finally, my whiskey bet. That's the most important thing. Right, right. It's all about Michael. All yes. about Michael. Yeah, so Johnny, why you want to talk about, I will let you introduce the, introduce the company. Yeah, this was news from uh, TechCrunch, African payments company Flutterwave. It raised $170 million Series C and is now being valued at over a billion dollars. Uh, a few keynotes, besides, of course, being one of the newest billion-dollar uh, billion valuation companies, and also verifying or confirming, bringing to, to, to reality Michael's whiskey bet. It's uh, one of the few African startups to have secured more than $200 million in funding. Uh, and just quick background about it is it was launched in 2016 as a Nigerian and U.S.-based payments company with offices in Lagos and San Francisco, and it helps businesses build customizable payments applications through its APIs. And it's one of those companies that has benefited from, you know, 2020, the year of COVID, with so much, so much activity going online, the streaming, the gaming, and of course, fintech has exploded, and that's part of their success and why they've, uh, you know, had this most recent uh, funding round. So well done, Michael. Well done. Three months early. Three months in. Was it two months after we made the prediction? Yep. And as as we kind of expected, uh, this it's a Nigerian company that achieves it first. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was covering it, there, I think there was three or four. There's uh, other billion dollar valuation companies. One is an, another Egyptian fintech. Surprising, they're all in fintech. And then there's Jumia that we previously covered. Right. Well, Jumia is an IPL company now. No, no, yeah, but it's one of the, it's under the otherwise. And then InterSwitch, which uh, we mentioned before in our past. But, uh, you know, again, this is what, a five-year-old company? Yes, finally, yes. We got we got the zebra with the horn on it. <laughs> as, as I described, we have a unicorn, which is a zebra. Yes. With the horn yes. on it. Yes, and of course, the other relation to this is that it is related to the full stack fintech series that we're covering, which leads us to today's topic. Plaid. Yes, Johnny. Oh, yes, Johnny. We're talking about Plaid, the American fintech company and API service, if you will. So Johnny, tell me, what, what is Plaid? Plaid is a financial services company based out of San Francisco, founded in May 2013. What it provides is it provides a set of APIs that allows others, other companies, other startups to be able to easily connect to users, bank accounts and financial accounts. Okay. All right. All right. I see. So this is, so now we're going deeper. We were talking about personal finance and apps before. Now we're going into the companies that power these. So this is somewhat like a Stripe. Absolutely. I see. All right. Well, Johnny, Absolutely. like Stripe, are these guys successful? Extremely successful. Okay, explain extremely. Because Stripe is like Stripe is like what a seventy billion evaluation now. What oh, what is extremely especially one hundred twenty? Yeah, yeah. What is extremely when we're talking about plot? Okay, fair enough. So, Michael, numbers don't lie. Okay, plot. Last year, at the beginning of twenty twenty, Visa announced five, a five point three billion dollar acquisition, which was for context 
two times Plaid's final private valuation of 2.65 billion already, right? So as we know now in, in early 2021, that acquisition has been called off uh, because of uh, uh, antitrust concerns by the DOJ. But in early 2021, as I was doing this research, I found out that Plaid is in the midst of another funding round, potentially valuing it at 15 billion with investors calling a bunch of former employees, uh, current investors offering as much as $1,200 per share, which would push its valuation to 20 billion. So to go from you know, 2018 being worth less than 3 billion to early 2020 about being acquired for 5 billion potentially to now a year later, potentially 20 billion, pretty mm -hmm. successful. Yes, it's not Stripe numbers, but it's obviously growing. Okay, no, no, I can, I agree with that. Numbers don't lie. All right, Plaid is a successful company, but Johnny, is Plaid rich tech or poor tech? Are they rich tech or poor tech? Well, let's find out. Let's find out. We first right, start then. with uh, well, you're going to give us an overview. Yeah, yeah. So rich tech, poor tech, of course, we'll judge it by industry, incremental user value, and incremental societal value, and figure out at the end if Plaid is in fact rich, net generating, uh, net generation of wealth for the world, or poor, not net generating of wealth for the world. All right. Yes. So Johnny, let's start with industry. So now this is interesting. Johnny, what, I mentioned this, this isn't an app. This isn't a bank. This is, what, what industry do you consider Plaid to be a part of? Financial plumbing in the form of financial abuse. <laughs> <laughs> you say a money laundering is what you're telling me. Money laundering could be happening above. I see. Above Plaid, but Plaid has nothing to do with that. No, see, Johnny, that's a legit a company. That's a better idea. We need an API for money laundering. That's what's missing in this world. Yes. Yes. We're, There's uh, an individual solution to, to money laundering. Criminal activity. All those laundry yes. mats. Yes. All right. Anyways, anyways. So, yeah, okay. All right, so how big is this space? I, I read a, I read a, uh, what was I about to say? A article or a rather analysis by one of these, you know, Gartner-esque uh, type of companies. And I believe that they said that the overall API management space is projected to reach $5 billion a year by 2023. And Plaid, of course, is worth 15 billion in theory for its, uh, for its overall investment. My question though is what, okay, this financial plumbing, if you will, is it, is that rich? Is that poor? It, I mean, it doesn't, what, what does, what does it replace historically? Even outside of tech, what does it replace historically? Checks? Like, Okay, so so the plumbing, right? A, well, ACE, what's it called? ACH, a, 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 what is the what is the bank, the bank wiring system? Yeah, ACH. That's that's ACH. something that comes to mind in terms of something that it, not it's not replacing because ACH is still there, but that kind yes. of yes. Uh, exchange or interface. Correct, correct. And so the the, the reason that uh, <clears throat> I'll, I'll add this nugget. So Visa, one of its arguments for the against DOJ was that. We are in the business of transferring money. Uh, Plaid is in the business of providing data, right? Providing access. It's completely different, right? And so that's why that's not even in the same industry, if you will, for our purposes with MasterCard and Visa. It doesn't provide the exact same thing. It's not transferring money. It's providing that access. So 
Oh, that reminds me. His, so, oh, okay. 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 Keep going. So it's, it's so yeah. So his it's uh, not getting into the user value yet, but it's more mm-hmm. how did companies before verify that Michael is who mm-hmm. he says he is, and that account that he provided is the account that is yeah. you know legitimately owned by him. So let me ask a question, Johnny. I just realized this. So Plaid as the so Plaid is about access to the bank accounts. Does does Plaid actually does, is money actually exchanged in the Plaid network at all? That is not what Plaid is used for, no. Oh, okay. Just for access. Okay. So it's almost like identity, authentication. What did people do before? Like show up at a bank? bank? Yeah, they showed up at a bank. In this, in this uh, socially like, isolated yes. world that we live in. Yeah, yeah they <laughs> showed up at a bank. It's like, I'm Michael anymore. Chen, and, uh, and, and I have a bank account here. Yeah. How, how fast would that service scale? It'd be very local. It, exactly. It'd be highly localized. And then banks would talk to each other, and it wouldn't really power the. It wouldn't really power any apps. No. So I don't quite know how to think about this because I want to say that the larger industry is financial services, net net, you know, net stop, and that's certainly rich. Its place in it right. is the communications between financial institutions, which, Correct. I mean, by definition, I mean it's an API. It's its place is it's an API. Would you consider that just a part of the broader industry then and consider it rich? Uh, yeah, I, I would be inclined to think it's rich. It is, it's not facilitating payments, but it is facilitating access. Yeah, let's do this. Payments. Yeah, I would say let's do this mental model here or let's do this mental exercise. Sure. So if we took Plaid out of the financial services sector, then Plaid is just a connective tissue that's connecting nothing. So Plaid can't exist, or there is no concept of Plaid existing outside of the financial ecosystem that already exists. Correct. Right. Therefore, then, I would say you can't separate it from the financial ecosystem. It does not stand on its own. Therefore, it's just you have to just judge it as the financial ecosystem itself. And I'd say that's rich. Just one other segment on this real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so theoretically, if a consortium of banks came together and decided to provide this API, right. they would actually be able to undercut the plot, right? Yes. And so therefore, if you think about it, it's still something that could be provided by the banks themselves, which right. are obviously in the business of being in of rich tech and in the industry of rich tech. Yes. Yes. No, I agree. I agree. So for industry then, I mean, it's, it doesn't sound like the largest because if a bank could do it, it's just laziness and unknowing and don't right. want to work to each other. Right. And the, the re- yearly revenues in a few years may only right. be five billion. Okay, maybe it's not the largest, but I still consider this element rich tech. Yep, yep, absolutely. All right, All right. so now if the industry is rich tech, now let's get down to the exact value it provides to its users. So incremental user value. First off, Johnny, who are the users of Plaid? both in terms of what industries they're in and specific examples, if you have them. Yeah, you know, a few, a few, a few of them we've been talking about, Michael. You might have even dedicated 40-minute uh, episodes to them. All right, don't say. so without, without further ado, um, some of his customers include Acorn, Betterment, Chime, TransferWise, Venmo, and these two will sound very familiar, Square's Cash App, and Robinhood. Mm-hmm. Oh, very recent. Yes. Very recent episodes in the past month. Yes. All right. Um, and 
Okay, if those are the uses, what, so what I'm hearing is a whole bunch of different financial tech, tech companies is what I'm hearing. That's right, that's right. And um, really quickly on the charging model. So it's, it's an API, right? So you're paying for the usage rather, or you're paying to integrate it into your systems and then paying for QPS or something like that. Right. So that makes sense then to why, uh, and then, but, but then my question is how does it connect to the banks? The banks don't, Plaid doesn't pay the banks, right? So the banks right. sometimes do, are not really inclined to, to work with them, right? That's why they're, mm -hmm. uh, we were talking about this before, their service level agreement, that's why they can do 90 and 95% uptime, right? Because if the bank fails, that's, they're really, Plaid is really at the mercy of the banks, right? Mm -hmm. Banks decide not to play ball, they decide not to play ball, right? I see. I see. So in this particular case, the users are these tech companies. Then these users are these tech companies that need access to these banks. What value are they getting? Right, right. So I'll answer this by having this example that I came across. So when they were setting this up, the two, the two founders of, of Plaid, they, they met with the Venmo's engineering chief. And he, he was in the process of cutting the cost of peer-to-peer -peer money transfer for making payments. The solution that he had was that they would settle the transactions in big batches, right? So for a reminder, Venmo is, is where a kind of social network where you can transfer money to each other and pay each other, right? And then see what your friends have been paying and all of that. But so remember, now they have to settle these transactions in big batches. It can't just be Michael sent Johnny money. Let's send that right away. Right. Right? It costs too so, much. As we're talking about for Robinhood, that the economics of scale is what makes it possible. Exactly. So Venmo customers would transact instantly. I'll send you money. You'll send me money. We went out to lunch. You know, we split the bill, so on and so forth. But the actual payment was always delayed a day. So this is where Plaid helped remove that, the risk, right? Venmo would know in real time that the sender had sufficient bank balance and could transfer Right. Mm -hmm. So that's what they were able to reduce for a company like Venmo. Got it. Got it. So, okay. How do we, how do we measure this value? So that's money savings, time savings. It's more a question along those lines, right? So Robinhood, a recent company we covered, as soon as you create an account, right. And connect it to your bank account, you can start trading, right? Mm -hmm. How much Silicon Valley is all about reducing uh, friction for the user, right? If Robinhood, the moment you, you set up an account and then it was like, well, you have to wait, like, let's just say it's a week for us to verify this account belongs to you. You can trade for that, right? How many people, again, millennials are all about that instant gratification. You know, uh, millennials are a big part of these, uh, of giving Robinhood example of their users, right? They wouldn't be able to wait for this. Hmm. No, well, that's is that not point. a determinant of your success, right? Is that, that's a solid that, point. Is that not a determinant of Robinhood's success? Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say this, right? So we have from the API perspective, if I were to, if the, again, coming back. So users are these tech companies. Users are, are things that develop their own applications themselves. And the value to them, well, first from the API perspective, if I can use an easy to use API, a single source, I don't have to go staff a team that has to do all of these different APIs and all of these different manual things themselves. And second, the friction that it reduces for the users, the instant access that it gives them is a key to the success of a lot of these companies as well, because they want to try to achieve quick and uh, what's it called? Quick and instant access 
because that makes that's a giant driver of their success. So Plaid's customers, the Cash App, the Robinhood can onboard their customers and their, their user acquisition is dramatically reduced from a friction perspective as well as a cost perspective, right? If it's time and that turns into money, more users, more engagement, a lot of these companies we've talked about before, that's how they're able to conduct their business. All right. All right. So, wow. Actually, I, I was not expecting two riches in a row, to be honest, with Plaid. All right. So industry rich, user value rich. All right. Let's go to incremental societal value now. So giant for Plaid in itself, and this is where we have to separate Plaid from necessarily everything that enables, but if Plaid doesn't exist, what happens? Yeah, if Plaid doesn't exist, um, each of these companies that use Plaid would have to build their own connectors, right? right. That burden Which would they be can. falling on them. Yeah, they can. There's nothing stopping mm-hmm. them. It's just, again, that's another manpower, that's, that's cost, that's time, right? But right, but the society, right? To the society right. and end users here. So that you mentioned that great thing. Let's let's dig in on this because I think it's easy to to almost sway yourself into thinking poor off the bat because it's an API and because by definition it's facilitating exchanges that already happen. Right, right. So powering all of these financial services, right, twenty five hundred of them, does that not add more value to society? We've been. As we've been covering fintech, we've been seeing how inefficient the industry is as a whole, whether it's in the States or it's in, in, it's in Brazil, right? And, we've, and we have yet to see in the other parts of the world, but we did cover parts of Africa so before, right? So my one, thought, see that. About the, my one yeah. thought about this is, okay, it's providing, it's indirectly providing value. Yes. But I wouldn't consider that to, I wouldn't consider the indirect providing of value to be something that a rich tech side of value company is doing. Sure. sure. I could see that. I could see that. Mm-hmm. No, right. but I do agree. It's indirectly providing value. Okay. So incremental societal value, because yes, it is indirectly providing value, but it in itself is something that if it didn't exist, it would still be doable. You could still do this. Uh, what's it called? You can still do this yourselves. Right. Uh, then I would say for incremental societal value, it is poor tech. Correct. Correct. I mean, just to wrap that up also, the, use, the end user doesn't really know Plat. Part of the reason that we kind of explain this context around what you used to do before is that I didn't even know what Plaid really did. I didn't understand its value, right? What was it, what is it actually providing? But I still I don't know what Plaid's value is. And <laughs> we did this whole show about it. <laughs> uh, uh, yes. Uh, so, so yes. So yeah. So actually, so let's so let's recap. Yep. Uh, industry, rich tech, employee. Uh, sorry, uh, in, uh, incremental user value, rich tech. Rich tech. Incremental societal value, poor tech. All right, Johnny, what's our final verdict? It's two rich, one poor. The rich is not super rich. The poor is not super poor. What do you think? Well, you know, Plaid is lucky to find themselves in the black. In the black. And I would say they're rich. Money's not dripping, is not dropping out of the sky quite yet, but... They're making their way up. I'd say so too, because to be honest, I had thought originally, I was thinking originally that industry was poor. Right. But when we realized that you cannot separate this industry from the grander financial industry in itself, because it's it doesn't exist outside of the outside of financial industry, then yeah, that swayed me over as well. All right. So Plaid is a rich tech company then. So Johnny, 
now that we've established that Plaid is both successful and rich, what do we think about the future of Plaid? I was, I was saying potential IPO in the next 12 to 18 months. It can go it alone. It, has a, it had a failed acquisition. I think it can stand on its own based on... A, a failed acquisition of which now we can go for 3x the money. Yes, such, such failure. I would love to fail like that. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. fail, but play, pay me three x when I'm being what I'm being paid. Yes, I mean that. Let's, all let's, day, all in day. Three, in three years, their valuation has gone almost to ten x, right? Um, well, okay. So a little bit of context here. In 2020, they added 1,400 customers, representing a 60 percent jump. So they have over 4,000 customers and growing, right? So actually, one of the former employee employers employees had said that. COVID was probably the best thing that could have happened to Plaid's business, right? Everybody going online, everybody streaming, everybody playing games online, all these uh, um, activities online that require the facilitation of transferring money, of verifying users' accounts. Well, we talked about this. Robinhood, how many users it gained in the beginning parts of 2020? Again, Robinhood is leveraging Plaid, right? So it looks like, you know, it's, it is on that cusp where it's riding the mega trend of fintech mm-hmm. and more fintech apps and more fintech services, I believe its future is going to be pretty successful. So yeah. I was saying that it would probably IPO in the next 12 to 18 months would be oh, my I guess. agree on the IPO. My, I have one concern. You mentioned this. Yes. Open unified API in the EU. Yes. You said that would be helpful. I think that would be a threat actually to something like Plaid. Because if, there's a, if there is a single government, and yes, it's never clean, it's never easy, there's no such thing as customer service, so on and so forth. But if it, there is a free lower barrier of entry, that at least makes it an argument to have as a company that I wouldn't use Plaid. So this is my understanding. Um, the law would require that banks have open APIs to themselves, right? So... The advantage, oh, but not like, unified, but not unified, yes, not unified, not unified, right? Like each bank would be have to provide an API. So the, the vision, the, the value of Plaid, again, for their users, right? The app developers would still be that they're providing a unified app experience versus you having to still go to all the different banks and using all their APIs, right? Which can but be- Wouldn't that also make it easier for me to make a competitor in Europe? Absolutely, absolutely, yes. So yeah, no, I agree with you. I think they're going to IPO. I think it's inevitable. They're going to go IPO soon. And uh, I was about to say, it's like, and because their valuation just went up, it's too late. It's too late for you to join, Johnny. Too late. Too late for us to join because their internal stock shares price probably jumped already. Yeah. So yeah, they're going to IPO. I do sense maybe some headwinds in terms of decreasing the barrier of entry into this overall space in Europe. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, a lot of the, when I was doing my research, a lot of the articles from the 2018s were talking exactly this, like, what is Plaid's differentiator, right? If the banks could get together and provide a unified API or even just a few of them, they would compete with Plaid and then essentially undercut them, right? And then another competitor could come in and do the exact same thing. There's not a huge cost to it, right? But obviously, since then, they've been even bit much more successful. But the no, threat no. is there. And I'll add one more thing, which is as we start seeing in these developing nations that the bank is not even a part of the exchange, is not even a part of the transaction or the situation at hand. 
Exactly. Because the large unbanked population, that also to me limits Platt's overall growth. Correct. Correct. All right. All right. But still, so I think I think it looks bright. I don't know if it can be the international player, but I think it's still the future is bright. Yeah. So I'll, I'll wrap up with this uh, kind of paraphrase quote. If online financial planning, stock picking and Bitcoin trading are in gold rush mode, Plaid is in the business of shovels and pants. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right, then. So. In that case, we'll wrap. Well, that's our that's our episode about Plaid, the great fintech exchange API authentication. Uh, what financial plumbing. Uh, financial. Yes, financial. Plumbing. Oh, there we go. There we go. So yes, that's that's our episode about Plaid, the financial plumbing uh, of world innovation. And with that, you've been listening to another episode of the Silicon Show podcast. Have a wonderful week and stay safe out there. Thanks for listening.